business.
this morning. We have a lot of folks who are traveling for this three-day weekend. We need to, to remember to keep them in prayers as well. And guys, as we go to Lord in prayer this morning, let's remember that God is not just here. He is with them. He is in every church that is proclaiming his name, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And across this land, there are folks who are truly looking up to him. Amen? Amen. Isn't it great to serve a God that cares about all of us at the same time just as much? So, so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and, and let's lift up our brothers and sisters who are traveling. And guys, let's just praise his name. Father God, I come before you right now to thank you that we have can gather in this place, that you've given us a place to gather in, and, and your love never fails. You're always there. It never changes. And just as those that aren't here with us today, uh, just as you love them there, you love us here. And I thank you that that love is all-encompassing. So I just pray that every human being that truly calls out upon your name, will feel your presence this day. May you just indwell this place, and may we say it's been great to be in your house, Father. I know there are those who are traveling. I, I met some yesterday traveling away from what they thought the hurricane might do there. I just pray for those folks to have peace in the midst of that storm, wherever it may land. And I, just, I just turn the entire day and everything over to you. And be with us in this service today. Be with those who are in the hospitals that couldn't be here with us. And God, we just give you praise, honor, and glory for it all. But most of all, if there's someone here today that has not surrendered their heart to you, if they're spiritually lost and sick, Lord, I pray that this day, whether it be through a word I say, a song the guys behind me sing, whatever it may be, but I pray that you will speak to them in such a fashion that they not only hear you, but will make a decision to follow you before it's too late. God, I pray your will to be done. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Is it good to be in God's house? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Walk around and tell somebody it's good to see them in God's house. Give them a hug and a handshake and let them know that.
Peter. I have to say, you had me for a minute there. <laughs> and it wasn't a hello. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Isn't it great we can take whatever the world does and we can capture it and make it God's. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just a few announcements this morning, one of which next Saturday is the blood drive over by the, the buildings next door, the VP uh, gas station. So I encourage you, if you, uh, uh, the blood banks are running very low because of the shootings and such, and this is a way to replenish that. So I encourage you, if you have no serious aversion to giving blood, that you could go and, and help put that back in there. And just set, so that Sutherland Springs can say we did to the best of our ability to help out to the best that we could. So that's this coming Saturday. Also, this coming Sunday, there's a lot going on. This weekend, the, the, the ladies are going to be traveling to the Women of Joy Conference, and they're going to be having a good time there. We need to keep them in prayers. And then Sunday evening, the uh, Charles Billings and the band that's going to be performing there is going to come and do a concert here. So I want to encourage all you guys to come and be a part of the concert next Sunday evening. And then, two, bring cookies and, and things of that nature. Because we're, we're trying to bring enough cookies and also that... Because there's going to be other churches and people who are going to come to hear this concert. And I want to be able... We want to be able to, after everything's said and done, to let them go next door and fellowship and, and talk and have cookies and things of that nature. So that's this coming weekend's a very busy weekend. Also, too, I, I know you may have seen Julio's been going around uh, with his uh, camera. He's taking background pictures and such. Ian's going to speak to this at a later date a little bit, but Ian's going to be traveling across, across the country on his bicycle and preaching the gospel and using Sutherland Springs as an example of what God can do along the way. He's going to be doing, using these, amen, hallelujah. He's going to be doing that across America. and we're, On September 22nd, you can write that down in your, in your book there. We're going to have a fundraiser lunch right after church services so that if you'd like to go and buy a plate and all that money will go to help support him as he's going across America sharing the gospel for us, for, for Christ, but using the, the miracles that God has done here. So I encourage you to be a part of that. So next weekend's a, a really big weekend. Also September 20... Hold on. 21st. Okay, September 21st, the, there's a bike rally that goes through. You may remember the Hammerfest. This is not the Hammerfest, but it's a lot of the same bikers. They're going to be coming through. We're going to be a rest stop for that again. So if you've been a part of us being a rest stop for the bicycles before, I encourage you to come. If you haven't, just come on out. It's a place for them to stop and get a snack, use the bathroom, and, and get something to drink. And we hold their bikes for them and able to witness to them. What a great way for the church to witness into the world. Amen? And all we have to do is be here and open our arms and smile and let, let them know God loves them. So I encourage you to write that on your calendar too. Those are a little far out, but I want to make sure that we start planning for those now. So Ian's dinner, the Fall Festival candy. The buckets are, are still pretty empty back there. I want to encourage you still. I know you say, well, it's two more months before Fall Festival gets here. If we wait to the last minute, Sherry panics. And when she panics, Wendy panics. And when both of them panic, the pastor's involved in that all the time. So please, if you love the pastor at all, <laughs> bring candy. Huh? Yeah, if you love Sherry and Wendy too. But if you love me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I know it. I know it. 
So we got cookies for the concert. We got the, the bike ride. We got the, the, the luncheon the, 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 that's going to be coming up. And then we, we need to be praying for Pat Mead's sister. Bambi went in the hospital last night. Uh, so continue to keep her in your prayers. But also somebody else that went into the hospital uh, yesterday. There she is. So now you can tell Shane he's a grandpa. And Mamma go for the other one. Mamma and Papa. Amen. So praise the Lord. Keep them in your prayers too. Oh, and great or and great grandma there too. Great granny. Great granny. Amen. So praise the Lord for all that, guys. And, and isn't it great that we serve a God that can be there and here with us at the same time? Daryl, why don't you come on up, brother? Huh? What about Dawn? I didn't forget her. She's on, on the prayer. Uh, if you didn't know, Dawn had uh, seizures again this week. She's out of the hospital. Uh, but we do need to continue to keep her in prayer and to continue to pray for David and her son as well and uh, pray she continues to get better. Amen. Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, my brother's coming right now and he's just asking, or we're asking, Lord, that you just hold him and just use him and just bless his willingness and his obedience to come and share. And God, may we hear you through him as he shares what you've laid on his heart to share with us this day. God, you are that Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and my brother knows that. May you just, may he just hide himself behind you in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good day to be in the house of the Lord, right? Amen. 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 I'm coming to you this morning. Uh, my scripture is Matthew 6, 21. Uh, it's about, pretty much about tithing how tithing can be a blessing to us and it's also a matter of the heart all right first let's look at the definition and purpose of the tithe <clears throat> the main principle behind tithing and giving it the fact that we do what we do with our money shows where our heart is that's where matthew six twenty one says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also when we're, at, when we're able to give 10% or more of our income instead of keeping that money for ourselves, it shows that our heart isn't tied to our money, that we love God more than our money. The Bible uh, mentions money over 800 times in the Bible. And of all of, of, all of Jesus' parables, more than half of them talked about money. Why? That's where so many people get tripped up when we're able to release at least 10% of our income back to God, our money doesn't have a tight of a hold on us because we realize that God is in control of our finances. Remember that everything we have has been given to us by him. Everything we have is because of God. He allows us to have it. Even though most of us probably work for our money, we make each month, even God has his hand there. He has given us the ability to do our jobs, <clears throat> So many who grasp what God has truly given them seem to agree that 10% is not even enough. I mean, if you actually realize everything we had comes from God. So what you get on Friday is given to you. You got to give your part back. We got to pay bills. It's just the way it is. <laughs> All right. So tithing is a blessing to our lives. And it's sometime that we help 
can help better our, li our lives. We're not saved by our works. So failing to tithe will not necessarily send you to hell. It won't, okay? But doing so will help improve your life and strengthen your relationship with God. I personally don't believe that God will curse us if we don't tithe, but I do believe he will help us escape the curse that's already there. So uh, if, if we do tithe. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness that you get, that you, that we can always trust in you. You are an abundant God, and out of your great mercy, you have given us so much. We give you this tithing today. With it, we worship you and give our whole selves to you. Please now take it and use it for your kingdom and your glory. Extend and multiply its reach and influence. May it be a great blessing to many. We ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's keep on singing this morning. This is the solid rock. built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but only lean on Jesus name and on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand Darkness veils his lovely face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. And on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. covenant his blood supports me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all my hope and stay and on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all Shall call with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. And on Christ the solid rock I stand. 
song a few weeks ago, and it's still stuck in my head, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> this is uh, Death Was Arrested. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. And my orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace, so. Washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom He faithfully bore He canceled my death And he called me his friend When death was arrested My life began Oh, you grace She's over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have Rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. When that was arrested, my life began. Oh, you 
surrender. Speak to me. 
He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. Sherry and I was blessed to be able to be there when that man preached that sermon. And that man was just walking around just saying that God was just giving him that. And as he was sharing that, I couldn't help but think, yes, every bit of what you say. And I got to thinking about that. And I was wondering if that would be on YouTube because I wanted to share with you guys. That that was quite a few months back that he preached that sermon. It was there. And I can't help but ask, as he continued to ask, do you know him? Now, if you had been there, it would have been loud. You know, that, that was pretty quiet. But when it's loud, it really drives it into you. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because that's the question that we need to answer. Guys, if you didn't realize it, if you didn't know it as of yet, there is a war that's going on, and especially across the United States. There is a spiritual battle that's taking place for the heart and the soul and the morality of this great country in which we live. And we need to answer that question every day. Do we know him? Because if we really know him, then we are going to be able to stand up. Because as my pastor, brother, Pastor Hezekiah, that's his name, Pastor Hezekiah shared right there. If you really know him, then you're not going to be afraid of what this world has to throw. And the world and culture and society around us today is saying, oh, it's the humanistic way. Believe in yourself. If it feels good to you, then it's okay. And they come up with all these ideologies to try to push us down. But if you know him, then you're going to stand tall and you're going to stand firm because there were those who tried to shut him up, they couldn't. There are those who tried to lock him down and they couldn't. They tried to kill him and it wouldn't work. Death couldn't hold him. He was up and around and then he stood at the right hand of God the Father and he stands there today still intermediating for you and I. There is nothing this world can do to shut him down. And if you know him, he knows you, which means therefore there's nothing that can shut you down as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we need to build that house every day. We need to start building that faith within us every day. Turn to 2 Peter this morning. You can turn to Luke 19 as well, but 2 Peter is first. But I want us to look in 2 Peter. Someone has compared the book of 2 Peter to like a Christian pep rally, a spiritual pep talk, if you will. And, that, and I think that's a really good analogy a good comparison because peter is writing to a bunch of believers who are in some incredibly difficult circumstances 
It would have been real easy for them just to throw in the towel and walk away. It, it would have been real easy just to forget about the Christian thing or to go hide off in the woods somewhere or just try to get lost into the, the melee going on around them and let nobody see them. But Peter looked at him and said, even though all the stuff that's going on around you, you can make a difference. You will make a difference if, if first of all, you build the foundation of Christ and then build your house upon that he is encouraging them there and i'm going to submit to you this morning that he's encouraging you and i to step beyond our comfort zone god will ask us to do things we're not comfortable with sometimes sometimes god will ask you to do things i know myself i argue but then when i realize you know it's if, if god's asking me to do it and what after he's what after what he's done for me then i'm going to step out there and just carry out and do what he's called me to do and that should be every one of us's mantra Peter is looking to the Christians here and he's telling them you need to get up. You need to stand up. You need to get out and you need to move out for the cause of Christ and start sharing the gospel again. Folks, the cry that Peter was putting out to the church that day is the cry that I think he still puts out to you and I today. God is speaking through Peter to you and I and anyone else who opens the word of God. And he's saying it's time for the Christians to quit allowing society to shut them up and start being the men and women that God's called us to be and stand up and understand that if we know him, then we can go forth and preach him. Amen. God gets that glory. We, each one of us, have been empowered, Acts 1-8 says, with the power to take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Every single heartbeat in this room, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, has the power to go forth and profess the gospel. We just got to do it. We need to get out of our own way and let God work. And that's what Peter was saying. Now, to do that, we need to become what God's called us to be. And that's what Peter is sharing here. So I want to share this with you in chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Simeon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Lord Jesus. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, By these he has given us every great and precious promise so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. In other words, to build your faith, to build upon that faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Because if you do these things, you will not stumble. Hallelujah. Peter is setting a challenge to you and I here, guys. He is setting a challenge in verse 5. And he says, add to your faith. Now, understand, we have been called. Each and every one of us has been called to go forth and be a productive servant of Jesus Christ. It's not just the pastor. It's not just a deacon. It's not just a yeoman. It's not just sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Every single one of you 
regardless of what you think your talents may be, regardless of what talents you think you do not have, every single one of us has been called that has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior to go and be a, a productive servant for Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that within Christendom, there are Christians fall into one of three different categories. And the first category I would share with you this morning is what Paul calls the babes in Christ. They're spiritual babies. Now, there's two ways to be a babe in Christ. One is to just recently accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. You are a babe in Christ. I can't expect you to be more than just that. But folks, there's another way to be a babe in Christ. And that is that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But then you chose, for whatever the reason may be, to stunt your own development. You choose not to read your Bible. You choose not to go and assemble with other godly believers. You choose not to sit and spend time in prayer. You choose to take and accept Christ as your salvation and get your card punched. But from that point on, you just sit and you fester and you melt and you don't do anything. Folks, God has not called us to stay babes in Christ. You wouldn't expect your 15-year-old to act like a one-year-old. Even though sometimes you do. Just kidding, 15-year-olds. I know sometimes mine, their room looked like a one-year-old had just gone through there. We don't expect our young adults to act like children. We don't expect our adults to make quick, rash decisions based on emotions and based out of the things like a child when he throws his little temper tantrum over here. We expect each other as human beings to grow up and become adults that are an asset to society. We don't want everyone to act as a child. It's the same thing in our spiritual walk. God, he accepts us. He loves us. He wraps his arms around us. He makes us into a new creation. We are a babe in Christ. But from that point forward, we should be getting on our knees. We should be reading his word. We should be assembling one with another. We should be praying to grow up that spiritual body because we were called to be warriors for Christ, not babies and diapers for Christ, but raised up, rose up, and going out and preaching the gospel. We have got to quit being this baby church in America. I'm afraid that the Christian walk within America has gotten so defiled and watered down because so many have chosen the safe way of hiding in their back room and acting like a child wanting God to spoon feed them. When God says, I will be with you, I will walk with you, I will work with you, but put on the full armor of God and go out there and fight that battle every day. But we have to do it, guys. God has called us to get beyond that babe in Christ. Now, there's also those Christians who, who we don't like this word, but I would say they're backsliders from Christ. Now, that's a word we don't like to throw around. It's, a, it's those that are not living very close to the Lord. We, we have studied. We know how we're supposed to live. We know what the Bible says, but you know, we're just not really doing it. We, guys... When we, we, we can't stand still in our relationship for the Lord. God is continually moving. So if God is continually moving, either we're moving forward with him or we're going the wrong direction. I think if we could watch our spiritual race on a TV, if we could watch the way God watches, if we could see, as, as the Bible says, that great crowd of witnesses that are looking down upon the race in which we run, if we could watch that, I think a lot of us would see that when shooting, we, we get in the mark, we get on the starting block, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we, we get on the mark and everything is ready. We have that foundation, and the, the gun goes off, and we run a few steps, and then I think you would see that we turn around and go the wrong way. 
Now, we, we laugh when that happens on TV. I still remember Three Stooges where Curly runs the wrong direction on the field. It's funny when you're watching it on, on something like that. But guys, let me tell you, when it comes to our spiritual walk, it's not funny to God. When we choose to let God run on and we stop and, and decide we're going to go the opposite direction, I'm not going to continue towards the goal that God is running to, that breaks his heart. I read this week about Billy Sunday. My mentor, Brother Jesse Leonard, he used to bring up Billy Sunday all the time. I never knew who Billy Sunday was. And I found out Billy Sunday was a pro baseball player that turned evangelist. And I was reading his, his little book he made, a memoir, I guess. And I was reading how Billy Sunday, after he became an evangelist, or after he accepted Christ, actually, he shares a story about how this, this little saintly old man come up to him and said, Billy, you never want to be called a backslider. You never want to be, have that word backslider at the end of your name. So I'm going to tell you how that will never happen. He said, Billy, you do these three things. And you will never be called a backslider. He said, first of all, spend 15 minutes a day getting on your knees and reading the Bible. Spend 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, soaking it in. And then he said, Billy, take another 15 minutes and I want you to listen and pray. I want you to pray and I want you to interact with God, with Jesus Christ every day. 15 minutes in the Bible, 15 minutes in prayer. And then he said, Billy, then I want you to spend 15 minutes a day sharing the gospel with other people if you will spend 15 minutes a day reading the bible 15 minutes a day uh, in prayer and 15 minutes a day sharing the gospel you will never be a backslider and billy looked at him and said you know i've stolen a lot of bases in my life i've ran through a whole lot of bases i've slid into a whole lot of bases he said i don't remember ever sliding out of one of them so why in the world would i ever slide out of christ hallelujah Hallelujah. Folks, I agree with what that gentleman had to say to Billy. If we will spend just 15 minutes a day in his word, 15 minutes a day on our knees in prayer, 15 minutes a day telling our coworkers, our family, somebody about Christ, if you spend that 45 minutes a day, I guarantee that you will continue to run in the right direction because Satan's not going to want to mess with that. You're going to have the power of God pouring down upon you. You don't want to have backslider behind your name? Then start going to Christ on a daily basis. Not just on Sunday morning, but every day. So you have the babes in Christ, you have the backsliders, and then I would say the builders for Christ. I wore this tie today because it's Labor Day and it's got saws and pliers and hammers. Builders for Christ. I I did that by accident, but anyway. How are we builders for Christ? God has called us to be a builder. We, we build that foundation. He has built that foundation. We accept Jesus Christ about, as our Lord and Savior. He is the one who lays that foundation. And I would encourage you this morning to be a builder. That's what Peter was doing to, for each one of us. He's telling us to be a builder, that God has given us an incredible foundation. That, that faith that we have in Christ, that, that is our foundation. But what are we to add to that faith? What are we to, to cultivate, to make that house? If the base is our salvation, our faith in Christ who gives us salvation, that is our foundation, what are the building blocks? And this is the one I wanted to touch on this morning. Because he says on that faith, supplement your faith, grow upon your faith. In other words, build your Christian walk. You want to be the man or the woman that God's called you to be? 
then the first thing you need to do is have that foundation. You've got to accept Christ. But the second thing, the, the, the number one building block now, it says to have a passion for goodness in our lives. Or some of your translation says virtue. To have that virtue in your life. Look again at verse 5. If you look at verse 5, notice what he says here. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. With goodness. Peter's telling us, telling them, and he's telling us today that we are to add to our faith, and we're to add to our faith with virtue. Our foundation is the, 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 the salvation that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. But once we have that salvation, we should be striving for virtue. We should be striving for goodness. We should be striving to be what God's called us to be, be with diligence. Now, what does that mean? What is the, the translation, if you would say, of virtue? It means having a moral character. We should, the very first thing, once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, once we decide that we're not going to be a babe in Christ anymore, once we decide we're going to quit backsliding and look to run in the race, that very first step is an attitude that we must have. That virtue, that moral character, that goodness is an attitude about who we are. It has to come from the inside. In other words, from inside, I choose... There's that, that word we don't like. I have to make a choice. I choose from this point forward to do and to be what God's called me to be. I want to approach life to make a difference and to make a difference, to achieve any kind of difference. I choose in my life right now a courageous pursuit of moral excellence. I choose in my life to try to morally become and be what God's called me to be. Now, an outward expression of, of, of virtue has to begin with an inner attitude. You can't fake it. People say fake it till you make it. If you really want to be what God's called you to be, you really want to run the race the right direction, you really want to build your house with that virtue, then you have to have an inner attitude of, I want to do what's right. Not that I'm going to fake doing what's right. Guys, Satan can smell a fake a thousand miles away. The world can smell a fake. I'm not telling us to go out there and be fake. Right? God, there's, a, there's enough fake Christians out there in the world. I'm saying that we decide and choose today within our hearts. God's given us a foundation of salvation. And I am choosing from this point forward. I choose to be what he's called me to be. I want to do what's right. I want an inner attitude of godliness. I want an inner attitude of, of moral accountability. I want an inner attitude of I want to do what God would have me to do. What Peter is basically saying here, guys, is we should have a desire within our hearts. Once we've accepted Christ, it says we have become a new creation. And by becoming that new creation, we now have a desire. And we can choose to let that desire flourish or we can choose to shut it down. But Peter is telling us that we have a desire now placed within us to do what's good. We have a goodliness. We have a virtue. We have a, a pursuit of moral character placed in us by Christ himself. I want to show you a biblical illustration of this. Look in Luke. Turn over to, to Luke chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19... Many of y'all know the story, and my pages are all sticking together for some reason. Luke 19, starting in verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. 
there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to a lodge with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and he said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have exhorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Now what's the story here? If you look at this story... You can look, the first thing you would see in the story of Zacchaeus is who he is. We see verses 1 through 3 that, that Zacchaeus, he, he lived in Jericho. He was a little guy. He was, he was a short of stature. He, he was rich. He was a chief publican. We can see that he's just a, a man of the world. He was, just, he was the, the tax collector, if you will. But here's where the story gets interesting. Because when you look to verse 3, we see there's a desire within Zacchaeus what was his desire his desire was I want to see Jesus his desire is there comes Jesus I, he's heard about Jesus at some point or another he wants to weigh it out for himself he had a desire I want to see Jesus I want to see who he is but he had a problem the crowd was too thick I can't see him. rather they let the desire go away rather than just push it to the side he didn't give up he said, I'm going to, I want to see Jesus. So he runs to the sycamore tree. He climbs up the sycamore tree. We see the determination of Zacchaeus here. He doesn't give up. He doesn't turn tail and run. He runs to where Christ is. He runs to where Jesus is. And what does that lead to? Jesus comes walking by. Jesus knows here is a heart that's truly desiring him. He knows that up in this tree is this little man that's sitting there. And if you read verses 5 through 10 again, it's an incredible story. And I want to make sure we hold on to this. Because you see what happens next. The old Zach, the old Zacchaeus, is gone. He's not there anymore. God looks up and he realizes the desire and tells Zacchaeus to come down. And verse 8 is incredibly important here, guys. In fact, read verse 8 again. If you notice in verse 8... He says, <clears throat> but Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I've exhorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. What is that telling you and I right there? Zacchaeus went up that tree, a rich, short tax collector, but had a desire to see Jesus. Jesus comes, they have an interaction. At that point, he comes down, he looks to Jesus and says, I am a new man. There is a change within me. There was a new attitude placed within him. I don't want to take from the poor anymore. I don't want to defraud anyone anymore. I desire to make restitution for anything I have done. In other words, he is telling the Lord, he's telling the people that within me, is a change. I want to be good. I want to be virtuous. I want to have moral integrity. I want to be cleansed and be what you want me to be. Hallelujah. And how did Jesus reward that? He looked at him and said that today salvation has come upon this land. Jesus confirmed his salvation in Zacchaeus right then. Why? Because there was an inward change. Folks, if we truly, truly want to be what God has called us to be, if we really want to go out in this world and make a difference, then it takes more than just accepting him. Praise God, that, that, that accepting him, he cleanses you and makes you a new creation. 
But now you must choose to follow that inner desire of what makes you into that virtuous person. Virtue is an attitude, guys, that we must have. If we are going to go out into the world and do what God intends us to do, if we're going to go out into the world and be the mouthpiece and the voice box of God, if we are going to stand firm when the arrows come flying, folks, let me tell you from experience, when you are facing the storm, it's easier sometimes to turn and run. It may seem easier just to hide in a hole, but if you want to draw the sword of the Spirit and pick up your shield of faith, you're going to have to be grounded on that foundation. And Peter tells us in the Bible, tells us to be grounded on that foundation first of all you have to have an attitude within you i take the moral high ground i choose to stand upon the lord i choose to do what's right and what's right isn't running what's right isn't hiding what's right isn't letting my brothers and sisters fight for me what's right is thus saith the lord get thee behind me in the name of jesus that's where we stand hallelujah that's how we fight when we are grounded on that foundation. Now understand, when we are grounded there, that we have to have that inner dimension of virtue. We have to have that attitude of, I want to do what's right. But then secondly, that virtue has to take action. When, when, Pete, when, when Zacchaeus understood that this was a, an inner change, I want to be what God's called me to be, he came down out of that mountain, out of that tree. It didn't matter what the people were saying. Jesus said, I'm eating with you. He said, okay, let's go. Outwardly, virtue is an action that we must take. We need that inner desire, but just having the desire isn't enough. Then we have to make the choice and the decision to act on it. Remember, it is the pursuit of moral excellence. I have to get out there, and even though I desire what's right, now I have to demonstrate what's right. It means being holy in an unholy world. Is that easy? No. Is it easy to stand your ground for Christ when the whole world seems sometimes to be against you? Is it easy to stand your ground in this day of technology when social media wants to call you every kind of name there is? When social media will try to eviscerate you and say, well, you're just doing it for this, you're doing this for that. And, and it's hard. You want to defend yourself. But you've got to remember, it's not self that needs defending. My God's already defending me. I just need to present myself. And I need to represent Christ. That's hard to do if you don't have that desire inside. But if you have the desire, then you go out and you will represent. You'll put on his color. You'll, you'll put on his, his vest. You'll put on the blood of Christ and you'll go out into that world. And people are going to say, there's something different here. When you have that inner desire to do what's right and you demonstrate what's right with your actions, the world's going to say, I want what you have. You may say, but who am I? I'm just one person out here in Sutherland Springs. If you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, you're a child of the King. That's who you are. You are a joint heir to the throne of God. You are a ruler and, and, and capable through the power of God to do whatever it is He's called you to do. There's a story of a little girl sitting in her, in her grandma's lap and grandma's just holding on her and, and loving on her. And the little girl looks to grandma and says, Grandma, you sure are pretty. And grandma laughs, chuckles, and says, That's very sweet of you to say, honey, but, but I'm not pretty anymore. And the little girl says, Oh, yes, you are. You're pretty on the inside. Folks, I would share with you this morning that God wants us to be so pretty on the inside that it shows up on the outside. Just like when that grandmother was holding that little girl, that little girl didn't care what she looked like physically. 
That little girl saw who she was on the inside. The world needs to see, not the condemning, hateful, sign-carrying, y'all going to burn in hell Christians as much as what they need to see is, they care about me. They love me. Why? I'm not worth caring for. I'm not worth loving. I'm going to ask them, why do you care about me? I've called you names. I've done this. I've done that. Why do you keep praying for me? I don't need your prayers. And that's when we should say, I want an inner desire to follow that moral character. I want to be virtuous. I'm going to put action to this. And the virtue is because I don't see the outside here. I see the way God sees you. And God said he loved you enough that he died on a cross for you. So regardless of what you do to me, my God still loves you. And for that reason, I'm going to share the gospel. And that might be just enough to push them back over the edge to where they come and say, no one's ever prayed for me like that before. And who knows, you may lead that individual to Christ. And the world will say, ah, oh, he's just a, uh, somebody from Sutherland Springs. But that person will say, I don't care what they are on the outside. They have God on the inside, and now I do too. Folks, you really want to move away from that babe in Christ? You want to move and make sure you're running the right direction on God's highway? Then you've got to answer the question that Brother Hezekiah shared up there a moment ago. Do you know who he is? Do you know that you know who he is in your life? Because if you do, you're going to want to be what God's called you to be. Now understand, sin stops that spiritual progress. There's the old fable, the, the lamb is walking to the pasture with his mama and and he looks over and he sees the pigs wallowing in the mud. And he says, Mama, I want to go over there and, and play in the mud. That looks like so much fun. And she looked at him and said, Sheep don't wallow. And days go by and he keeps on looking at the pigs. And he's thinking how cool that mud must be. It's so hot out here. And he keeps looking over there. And one day he's following his mama to the pasture. And he lets her get a little far ahead of him. And he, he stops and he says, Ha, I got her. And he runs and he jumps the fence and he gets into the pig pen. And sure enough, he's in his legs, and it's cool, and he's frolicking around. He's like, man, this is nice. And he gets deep, so he goes deeper in there. He says, oh, this is so nice. It's so cool. But what he didn't realize is that wool and mud don't interact very well. And the mud starts getting hard, and he starts getting weighted down. And he realizes that finally he's stuck. And he starts looking to the pigs and says, hey, help me out of here. And the pigs, I don't want no part of that. And the pigs get out and go about their way. And he's still stuck in what they were wallowing in. And he starts calling out for help. And he's like, what, what am I going to do? And, and he keeps hollering and he keeps hollering. And he realizes that his pleasure had become his prison. And he didn't know what was going to happen. Praise God that the farmer heard him. And that farmer goes in and he get, grabs the little sheet and he brings him out and he cleans him all up. And he sets him back on the outside again. And mama comes back up and she says, sheep don't wallow. You see, here's the thing. I'm afraid that we go into the pen sometimes to help others out, but we start to wallow. And when we start wallowing in that pig pen, we get stuck. And when we get stuck, even though we had that inner desire to do what was right, we put it to the side to go into pig pen. But praise God that Jesus is our farmer who will come clean us up and move us back out. But wouldn't it be better if as sinners we just wouldn't go and wallow? That we would just continually grow and choose on the inside an attitude of growing in Christ. I choose.
to build this moral character. I choose to let Christ move within me. And I choose to desire that. And because I choose to desire that, he's going to put people in front of me that I can go in and not wallow, but help others out. Folks, we don't need to play with sin. We just need to go and share the gospel. I share all this this morning for this reason. As Brother Hezekiah said, do you know him? I think he shared just about every attribute that you could share of Christ right there in that little three-minute presentation. And it was ten times more powerful hearing him say it from that pulpit that day. But it doesn't change the fact, do you know who Christ is? This morning, my God loves you. And he said, I have already built a foundation and all you have to do is turn your heart to me and I will wrap my arms around you and I'll set you on that brand new foundation. And then together, we're going to build a house. We're going to build a spiritual house that'll change this world. But the first thing is you have to have a desire in your heart to be a virtuous person. You have to have a desire in your heart to be a godly man, a godly woman. You have to have a desire in your heart to truly, truly, truly turn from who you were and turn to what I'll make you. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step. The first step is truly surrendering and letting that foundation be made whole. Seeing that foundation laid out in front of you, washed by the blood of Christ, created into a new creation, a new spirit comes within you that wants to move, that wants to grow the church, that wants to be that godly character, that moral integrity. When that spirit moves within you, then you're going to see the pig pens for what they are. And you're going to see that though it looked like pleasure at one time, it traps, it addicts, it enslaves, it destroys But my God cleanses me from all that unrighteousness. And because of the blood of Christ, when I confess my sins unto him, he is faithful and true to cleanse me from all that ugly, nasty unrighteousness. And he will make me a new creation and put me on new ground so that I can go forth. And because I have a desire within me to share the gospel, he will give me the hands and the feet and the capability to do exactly what it is that I desire through him. And folks, that is each and every one of us. It's not just just a preacher behind the pulpit you can be a preacher in your home your toolbox wherever you go you can be the man or woman that God's called you to be in a society that doesn't want you to be there but you can only do it if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you know him if you don't know him he's extending that hand of grace to you today if you do know him and you say but pastor I've been a babe in Christ for so long he probably doesn't care anymore Isn't it great that so long has no terms in my God? He's everlasting to everlasting. You're 20, 30, 50 years. That didn't even hardly register to God. He's eternal. He's just waiting on you to go. He's just waiting on you to take that first step. And if you decide this morning that today's the day that I am going to choose to take that first step, he's still with you today just as much as the day you accepted him the first time. If you're here this morning and you realize it's time to quit running the wrong direction and get back to running the direction that God wants you to run, isn't it great that he's not the coach over there pouting on the sidelines? 
He's the coach that's going to step in right behind you and say, now let's do this. Let's go here. Let's breathe. Let's move. I have some great and mighty things for you. Oh, I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. You're right. You can't. But God sure can if you just let him move. Where are you this morning? Where are you today? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the first thing. If you do know him, look for that desire in your heart again. And then act upon it. I want to ask us all to stand this morning. And if you're here this morning and you say, well, I have goodliness now. I have that desire. I have that virtue. What did he say? Let that goodliness, let that virtue go to knowledge. Step to the next building block. Don't stop with that one. Continue to build that house. But your decision this morning as to how you do it. Do you choose to let Christ work? Or do you not? Do you choose to let God move? Or do you not? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I come before you this morning and I thank you that you've called us all to be warriors for you. You've called us all to put on the armor. You've called us all to go forth and fight the battle. And what's even better is you've strengthened us all to do just that. With the talents that we have and the grace you've given us, we can go forth and proclaim the gospel the way you have each one of us to do. Some it may be in words, some it may be in deeds, some it may be through music, some it may be through a hug, a handshake, a prayer. Maybe it's going and sitting with somebody in the hospital or it's been homebound. If we have that desire within us to do morally what you've called us to do, then you'll empower us to go out and do what it is that it, you've called each of us to do. Satan whispers in our ear, Lord, and tells us to shut it down. Satan whispers in our ear and asks us who we think we are to try to accomplish and do such great and mighty things for you. Satan whispers in our ear our inadequacies, our failures, our past. Satan reminds us of just how horrible of people we are. But God, I thank you that no matter how loud the accuser points, you look down in your book and you see that name written there in the Lamb's blood and you say, this one's mine. And you give us the power to go forth. God, I pray this morning that every heart that's here, there's someone that does not know you, young or old, may they accept your, your grace before it's too late. They're here this morning and they're realizing that they didn't have, have that inner desire anymore, that they allowed it to go out. They removed themselves from the fire and allowed it to wash away, whatever it may be. May this be the day that you rekindle that within their heart to realize they want to be what you want them to be and then allow that to act out from them. God, you're calling us to an ever-present battle that's taking place I believe I think the battle is raging more and more on a daily basis and making itself known in a more humanistic way may we close our eyes 
to what Satan was showing. And may we open our spiritual eyes to the victory you're winning. And may we be what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, if God's speaking to you, I pray that you will listen. If he's telling you pray where you're at, then pray where you're at. If he's telling you come down to this altar, come to this altar. The, there's stairs around the side you can get on your knees. If you want me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. Maybe he's telling you go grab a brother or sister and pray with them. Let's not leave out of here today without committing that we choose to build this spiritual house upon the foundation that Christ has set in his blood because I know who he is, therefore I know who I am in him. Make that decision today as we sing this. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare your living Your glory. 
God's house this morning. Say amen. If I can get you to grab a seat for just a minute. Alice, come on over. Oscar, you too. Alice and Oscar are coming this morning. And we we talked a little earlier in the week, or maybe it's last week. My weeks are running together. But Alice is coming this morning. She knows Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. But she's never been baptized and she's nervous and this is something hard for her to do. But she came down this morning and she said, I am ready to let the world know that Jesus, I am Jesus and I want to be baptized. And Oscar's coming down and he's going to be baptized as well. He knows Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. But he's coming down as well to make that proclamation and to support Alice. And they're going to go into this together this morning. Amen. So next weekend, the waters shall be stirred again. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and Julie's going to have some cards for you guys to fill out right there. Uh, Alan, Margie, come on up. Alan and Margie are coming this morning. And I asked them if they knew Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And my sister's known the Lord for a long time. Amen. But my brother said he accepted in grade school, I mean in vacation Bible school, 88 years ago, you said? Or for, for a long time ago, anyway. <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> Just kidding, brother. A long time ago, anyway. And they're still serving the Lord, but they're coming this morning. And they said God's moved on their heart. They want to join their membership with us and be a part of this family. I think I heard the answer, but if you're in accordance, I say amen this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, praise the Lord. If you go see Miss Julie right there, she's going to have you fill out those cards. Guys, when you see their face cross your mind this week, when you see Alice and Oscar or, or, or Margie and Alan, just allow them to, to sit in your mind and pray for them. And maybe as we just sang, may His Holy Spirit fill the atmosphere around you and them as you pray for them. Amen? Because Satan doesn't like it when people step up and step out for him. And this took a lot for Alice to come down this morning, but she said, my God's bigger. And she chose to do it. Amen. And I respect that, honey. I truly do. Amen. Isn't it great to be in God's house? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together this morning.
Brother Ben, would you close us in prayer today, brother? Next Sunday night here in this place. Invite a friend. Invite a friend. Go for it. <laughs> so. Yeah.